Good morning and welcome. Almost done with this year. And uh, we're seeing a lot of a signage there as people's wishing people Merry Christmases and a Happy New Year and goodbye 2020. And uh, it's kind of a reminiscence. You remember back 20 years ago when we was leaving 1999 and moving into 2000, there was a lot of concern. People were afraid about what was going to happen when the, the clock turned over and everything reset and we'd been building up to this point and the, uh, the calendar had to turn over and they were afraid that they were, all the computers were going to shut down and, and the world might shut down because of it because it might just throw everything into chaos and we called that Y2K. And uh, people were kind of going through that same mindset right now except in an opposite way. You know, 2020 has been a very different year, and it's been a, a, a bad year. We've been facing this pandemic and political issues and riots and murder hornets and just all kinds of confusion and chaos. And there seems to be a thought process that when that clock turns over at the strike of midnight on December 31st, that everything's going to reset and everything's going to start going back to the way it was before. I'm sorry, folks, that simply is not the case. Because uh, to be able to know how to fix the chaos, we have to make sense of the chaos. And that's the title of today's message is Making Sense of the Chaos. Now, we look at all these different things, these things I listed off, the, the pandemic, the political issues, the riots, the economical issues, the personal issues, all these things. You know, these things are not the problem. They are the symptoms of the problem. And that's the biggest issue that we're facing is we're not really realizing what the true problem is and we are not tackling the true problem we are only trying to tackle the symptoms it's like applying pressure to a bullet wound it's going to slow down the bleeding but to truly fix it and heal you're going to need some surgery and that's where we're at today and problem number one is we are pushing away God. Let's take a look at one key verse in Exodus, chapter 1, verse 8. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And this is the beginning for the oppression. Yep, that's right, oppression. You know, we've been hearing these things, how we're, we're standing up, we're blocking roads, we're doing all these things because of oppression. This is not a new thing. This is something that we have been facing for years after years after years, generation after generation. This is nothing new. The pandemic 
This is nothing new. In different times during history, we have had massive health pandemics. We have had economical struggle. And we have had political problems. Everything that we are facing today, we have faced before in the past. Because it all comes down to the one problem that we are pushing away God. Now back to the text is, There arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And for a quick recourse, Joseph was the favored son of Jacob. And because of this, he was sold into slavery by his brothers. He was wrongly accused. He was thrown into prison. He just had thing after thing after thing come against him. But the one thing that remained constant was his faith in God. And because of his faith in God, God put a blessing over his life. And everything he touched prospered. And the people that were around him took note of this. And they used it. And one of the people that realized God's favor over Joseph was the Pharaoh. And he put Joseph as the second in command of all of Egypt. And because of the wisdom that God gave him, the insight through his connection through the kingdom, Joseph was able to save the nation of Egypt from famine, as well as the surrounding areas and his own family. Joseph was great in the eyes of that Pharaoh. So why is it important that a Pharaoh came that knew not of Joseph? Now we have to look at how these people did history. There was no internet. There was no Wikipedia. There was no encyclopedia. There was no books. The majority of the way that you got information was by word of mouth handed down. Now I'm sure after the death of Joseph and the generations next generation that followed, that was a great source of topic about this man and his relationship with God and how grand that was. And because of his relationship with God, the blessings rained down. But what happened is there was a Pharaoh that knew not of Joseph. Why? Because the people stopped talking about him. And if they stopped talking about him and his relationship with God, they also stopped Talking about God. You see, God does not put anything on us by force. We have to allow Him into our lives. We have to allow Him to work. And when God stops becoming important, when God becomes less than the center of our universe... All these grand things that we've seen happen with Joseph, these blessings upon his life, even through the worst possible situations. Yes, Joseph was put into prison, but he was put in charge of the prison because of God's favor through his faith and his connection with God. And we are all going to have our trials and tribulations, but they are much 
more pleasant to go through when we have God on our side taking us through them. Helping us out along the way. They knew not Joseph because they stopped talking about him. And what happens? For more than 400 years, they go into slavery. Enslaved by the very nation that had once saved them. Because by taking God out of the equation, they also pulled away His protection, His favor, His blessings, His abundance. And God is going to allow this to happen. Not because He is mean, not because He is selfish, not because He demands worship, because He loves us. Because our comfort is not what's important to God. It's our salvation. It's our soul. It's our eternity. And sometimes we have to go through these things. We have to be pushed to the point where we can't be pushed any further so we have nothing else left to do in our own power but to turn to God. Because He wants us to come back to Him running and screaming and wanting Him to help us and to love us and to hold us. What we have to get to that point. See, because, you know, things were good for a while for them until they weren't. And that's how it happens with us. When things are good, when things are easy, we don't need God because we got it under control. We think that we can do everything in our own power. We think we're so grand, we're so special, that we are self-made and we can handle all the issues and we can build our own fortunes and our own empires and we can do all these things. But the fact is we can't do anything without God. And we might be able to fake it for a while. And Satan, yes, Satan may allow us to do a few things as long as it benefits him. And then we're left out of that grace because we have pushed him away. We pushed him away. First Samuel eight four nine. And when all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and they came to Samuel and they said unto him, Behold, thou art old and our sons walk in our ways and they make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel and they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken in thy voice of the people in all they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, for they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. And according to all the works which they have done and brought forth up to them out of Egypt, and to this day, though if they and I have forsaken me and served other gods, 
so do they also unto thee. Therefore, hearken unto thy voice, how a bit, protest solemnly unto them, and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. They didn't want God. They didn't want to live by God's rules. They didn't want to have God as their ruler. They wanted a, a man to do it, a king. They put other gods before the one true God, our Heavenly Father. But how does that sound so familiar today? Because that is exactly what we are doing. Right around town, look at the Christmas decorations. How many Santa Clauses do we see? How many... Frosty the Snowman's do we see? How many of these other characters do we see? And how many nativity scenes do we see now? They're becoming few and far between. They're becoming hard to find. They're becoming out of sorts in our public places. They're becoming gone from our government buildings because we don't want God to reign over us. We say that we want freedom. We want our rights. We want to be able to do on our own. But we only want that when it comes to God. We don't want to follow His rules. We don't want to go into His jurisdiction. We want to follow the rules of man. We think man has it all figured out. We think these people that we put up in the power can give us all the answers. And we don't want to think for ourselves. We don't want to do. We don't want to work. We are lazy. We want to be simply wandering and told and hope for the best. We want a king. We had a, an election. Never before have we seen such discrepancies. And no matter what your stand is, no matter who you voted for, if you execute just the least little bit of common sense, if you refuse to cover your eyes and ears and fear it might seem a little bit of the truth, if you are remotely intelligent, you can see that there are some things that don't quite add up and some questions that need answers. But then we're getting bogged down in the details again. We are getting bogged down into the symptoms of the problem. And the problem goes back to is we don't want God. So therefore, we want a king. And what happens whenever we don't actually get to make the choice? When democracy is put into question, then what we have is an appointed king. If we the people do not get to choose, then we have an appointed king. And they say, well... God allowed it to happen. Well, of course he did, because the people asked for it. 
That was their desire through their hearts. To push him out of the way. To remove his favor and to give them a king. And that is exactly what we have done here, right here today in 2020. We have removed God and we have appointed a king. We have a God problem because we are no longer following God. And if we are supporting people that support the suppression of religious freedom, that want to close churches, that want to take God out of schools, that want to take God off the streets, that want to take God out of our world, we are contributing to pushing out God. If we support people that want to kick the lives of an unborn child, that God says that I know in thy womb, that it is a life, that is a heartbeat, then we are pushing out God. And subject after subject after subject, we are pushing out God. And if we're not going to walk with God, if we are not going to walk in the light, there is nothing left but darkness. We are making choices. Whether we choose to support the darkness, whether we choose to do nothing that supports the darkness, where we choose to stand idly by that supports the darkness, when we choose to live in fear, when we choose to go against the Word of God, when we choose any of these things, we are saying, God, we don't need you. We don't want you. We choose the world. We choose Satan. They are one and the same. Satan has dominion over this world. Man made a choice. Man failed. Man turned it over to Satan. We are all guilty. I sometimes think about if I had gotten on this path of revealing the truth of God sooner. Maybe I could have made a little more of a difference. We all, in some ways, are guilty of pushing away God because we worry about what the world thinks about us. We worry about what people thinks about us. We worry about how supporting God is going to affect us in the world. How's it going to affect our livelihood? If we stand up and say we stand with God, is that going to push away potential business? Is that going to push away potential opportunities? Is that going to push away potential friends? We worry about if we stand with God, how others are going to think about us, how the opposing side is going to take that, what are they going to do to us? But we forget about when we stand with God, we stand with God. We stand with the most powerful being ever. The creator of heaven and earth, the creator of everything, that nothing is out of his reach. Nothing is out of his control. We have nothing to fear. 
Because He will watch over us. He will protect us. He will be our source. He will be our protector. He will cause the enemy to fall in their own traps. He will bring light to the darkness. He will be our armor, our protector. And He hands us in the palm of our hands. He has us. But we have to choose Him. We have to make the tough choices of going against what seems normal. Because normal is just a state of mind. We take something that was totally out of sorts and little by little, we make that normal. In just less than a year's time now, we are seeing things that are forever changing. We look at commercials. We're seeing people in masks, standing apart. You know, it used to be that TV was an escape from reality. It could be anything that you wanted it to be, but yet it's making us normal. It's making it normal. Are we going in a direction because we'll never see people's faces again? Once upon a time, cars didn't have seatbelts. And then they started putting them in. And then they decided that we have to have them. That we can't choose for ourselves to protect ourselves. But yet, we can ride a motorcycle without a helmet. As adults in a free world, they are certain things that our leaders believe that we are not capable of making choices for. That we're not capable of deciding what is safe as far as our health when it comes to our personal and our families. That they need to step in. But it doesn't all make sense because this is okay, but this isn't. And this isn't okay, but this is. It all based on who's making the decisions and how they feel at the time. And our input is irrelevant. And God's input is non-existent. God, the most powerful being ever, gives us free will. God says we can make our own decisions. God says we can make our own choices. God says we can even not choose Him. And think about that for a moment. Because if you're a born-again believer, if you have taken salvation, if you have taken the blood of Jesus Christ and you are covered in salvation, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that heaven and hell is real. And you know that there are going to be people that are going to go to hell. Now that... Is something because this world, no matter what decision we make here, this is temporary, but eternity is forever. But yet, God lets us 
make that choice. God says he's given us enough information and everything we need to make that choice. And we are allowed to make that choice on our own. But simple day-to-day actions, man feels that we, they need to dictate to us. But yet, we have choices. And we can choose to have God as our leader, or we can choose to have man as our leader, and we choose a king. And we choose a king that did not know Joseph. I'm a rational person. I understand that there has to be a hierarchy. I understand there has to be leadership. I understand that we are all not academically, socially, or any other on the same level that some people are more inclined to do better at certain things than others. And God realizes that too because he made us all different so we can work together as a unit to accomplish anything that we need to accomplish. So I understand that we need leaders. We need good leaders. But I want one that knows Joseph. I want one that knows God's power because I want... God to be my ultimate king. I might stand up here as head of this church, but God is over me. God is in control. God is the one calling the shots. I'm just in the chain. We have these people today that think they are so great, that they are so above that They are gods in their own eyes. And we are making them gods in our eyes. We have these people that think they're so brilliant and we worship everything they do. We have these people that have this celebrity and they have this presence and we worship everything they do. We have all these things that we put before God. We look out here, I'm looking out here today and I see all these empty seats. And I'm going to challenge you because you know deep down it's true. How easy is it for you to miss church? What does it take? Something better to come along? Oh, you you overslept, you had a late night, you don't feel good. It just takes some minute excuse. What does it take to... Not drop the money in the offering plate. Well, I'm a little little short. I got other things to do. I got bills to pay. There's always some kind of an excuse. God, if he's even on your radar, he's the first thing that you're going to cut out. And we don't see the importance of it because it's not taught. It's not believed. And us Christians are more guilty than anyone else. And I was hoping to get to that today, but that's going to be a subject for another time. We're running short on time today, but we are going to get there and talk about what our role is and what we are doing and how we are failing and what we need to be doing different. Some might think this is the end. It's not the end. I'm going to show you that, my thoughts on it, what the Word says about it. It's a wake-up call. 
It's a wake-up call to all of us. We are not facing a pandemic. We are facing judgment. Bow with me, please.